speaking the truth to the state capitol. This is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Tuesday, August 30th, I am Commander Jack Riggins, the host of Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. Uh, had a long-time radio mentor say that I need to tell you about my background more. Well, I served 20 years in the United States Navy, all 20 of it inside Naval Special Warfare, which is SEAL Team. I hold an undergraduate degree from the University of Nebraska in exercise science and a master's degree in international interagency affairs from the University of Kansas, and I am a graduate of the Command and General Staff College. All right, so I'm just not a commander by stage name. I literally am a retired commander from the United States Navy. Um, there you go, folks. Uh, it is Tweet Tuesday, uh, typical. Uh, there's all kinds of crazy ones out there. I've had some people tweet some to me. I'll get to that. As well as I know that we are going to have someone from the new Political Action Committee in Nebraska first coming on tomorrow. So we should probably open the call lines right now so we get plenty of call lines going this week as it's a fluid week. So uh, the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline 402-479-1400 is open. So is the text line. A lot of texts. I like everybody's been texting in, which is pretty cool. But uh, you're more than welcome to call in as well. Um, oh, where do I begin? Where do I begin? Twitter is a buzz. Um, emails a buzz. Tunnel to Towers. I guess we'll finish up. They definitely, definitely had right close to 600 participants uh, last Saturday and raised, like I said yesterday, over 63,000. So that basically just pretty much doubled uh, their goals, and that was so cool to see. And I'm trying to get the Herrera family as well as Melissa Wood uh, back on Drive Time Lincoln to talk about the experience. Uh, we will have uh, Sarah Slattery, Legislative District 2 candidate, on Thursday from the Democrat side. And like I said, tomorrow, right now, the slate, uh, we will have someone from Nebraska First Political Action Committee, which was just announced. It's attached to Charles Herbster and some of, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, the entities around um, him and his campaign. So it came out last week and has been gaining a lot of traction. And so we'll go from there. Johnny, did I introduce you? I believe so. And you then, believe so. And then immediately went to your background. Yeah. So. Well, we had to say the background. Yeah. Um, fine. And just so everyone knows, if you didn't hear yesterday, we ended the exploratory f- committee for mayor. We're going to hit pause on that because uh, and now's not the right time, as they like to say in political circles. Uh, my committee was advising me that my brash nature, as, as well as my sometimes um, maybe call it too plainly, can't be handled by Lincolnites right now in the political spheres. They're probably right. No, no, I'm going to say it. They are right. They are right. Some things not everybody's cut out for. I'm not I'm not cut out for uh, that game completely yet. I think it has to get worse before somebody with my background and the way I process information could think about it. But I do want to say this. I, I seriously do. I really appreciate everybody that came up to me on the street. Uh, called, text, 
Um, I know a lot of you are very supportive, um, but I'll be honest. I I think I can uh, affect just as much change in being on the radio, looking into stories, holding public officials accountable, and or bringing you the news and opinions on the news um, that we can find factual. One of the ones I'm running down, and to me it's a little bit scary as all these election kind of issues are, and and that is such a polarizing issue, folks, um, that I, I want I want to go by one that, again, I'm just going to say right now, I'll have to reach out to uh, Commissioner Shively here in Lancaster County, but at face value, it's it's spooky looking. So, you know, I'll give it to the audience and maybe the audience has more information and can call in on the hotline, you know, 402-479-1400 or text in. Um, but that is such a passionate issue, not only around the country, but here in Nebraska. So here, here's what I got. Okay. I have paperwork right in front of me that is from the Nebraska Democratic Party. Okay. And it is basically a vote by mail application. It's a little like fanfare, you know, Democrats win when Democrats vote by mail. Okay. So it's basically a trifold mail in ballot application. Okay. And it is sent out to, you know, our friends at such and such address, Lincoln, Nebraska. Again, Back address to Nebraska Democratic Party. Okay, well, to me, you know, okay, you know, what? It, okay, great, what is that? What's that mean? Um, and then after you fill out the application, because we have the application in there, vote by mail, um, with instructions, the return address is Nebraska Democratic Party, and also the, <laughs> the, the sender address is Nebraska Democratic Party. So... Basically, you know, to break it down in this little packet I have, we have a letter sent out, which is got a, you know, big headline, vote by mail application. Democrats win when Democrats vote by mail. Okay, so that's a call to action. I get that. Um, And it's in a trifold. And then it's got this ballot application, uh, vote by mail application, excuse me. And the instructions, and then you send it back to Nebraska Democratic Party. So I'm just like, what? Like, not the sharpest tool in the shed. I mean, I'm a sailor. I'm like, doesn't that go to like an independent party? Like, doesn't that go basically to the election commissioner? So just right away, I'm looking at the paperwork. And I'm still looking at it, and I'm going, why would this hit? Does why would it go to the Democratic Party here in Nebraska? Wouldn't that go to the election commissioner? And so that's got a lot of people up in arms because this is around town here in Lancaster County. And so you know, if somebody's got some thoughts on that, please call in. Because listen, folks, once again, I just call it like I see it. You know, have this information. I'm not saying it's illegal or legal, but I I don't know why a application for vote by mail needs to go from the Democratic Party to an ad- address, an open address, by the way, <laughs> right? So not somebody who's actually a named human being. 
and then goes back to the Democratic Party. Maybe that's the way it works. Maybe I should have called the Republican Party today and said, hey, do you have applications to vote by mail being sent out to addresses that you don't know who lives there that are then being sent back to you? So I don't know what that is, but I'm definitely going to pass it on to the Election Commission and see if maybe we can get Commissioner Shively on here to tell me uh, what that means. Is this legal? <laughs> what in the world? Johnny, do you know? Have you ever voted by mail? No, I haven't. I've yeah, you go in person. Yep. I go in person, too. So some of it's kind of strange to me. Um, but anyway, that's just one of those things that's out there. Um, I did. We might as well get to the tweet on Tweet Tuesday. I did go back, Johnny. There's really two because it's going to be it's going to lead to what else we're going to talk about. All right. Which since we just talked about the Democratic Party. Let's talk about the Republican Party. Let's talk the rest of the show. But first, let's get to Tweet Tuesday. Um, And (laughs) and the reason is, is because, believe it or not, the Republican State Party is in the news again. But it's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. Anyway, Johnny liked, I had a response to somebody who asked me about, you know, what was student debt doing to me the other day? Johnny knows this. Oh, story. yeah. I... And it, it was a picture of a doll. They just sent me a picture of a doll and it said, show me on the dolly where debt forgiveness hurt you. So I screen grabbed the picture. I drew a little heart on it, drew an arrow, and I said, right there. And I think now three shows in a row I've explained on the student debt decision by the Biden administration what I feel about it. Um, although, you know, all young people that I've been talking to, I'm like, yeah, of course you should take it because if you're in that position, I think you should take it. I don't think that you should uh, <laughs> basically be like, oh, no, I'm not taking it. I mean, hey, the government's giving, giving it to you, you know, and – uh you know, I don't I don't know why, you know, they feel it's good. I feel that it's kind of going to hurt, you know, potential second and third order things with regard to how young people think about coming into society and the workforce and whether there's kind of a safety net of the government, you know, always going to be there for them. Um, I worry about the co-worker dynamics it might create or say a four or five year period of people have student loan forgiveness but everybody else in the workforce doesn't, and then future workforces don't have it. So, you know, what, what, what's that going to do? And I just don't know when it's going to materialize that we find out it's a win-win for society. But anyway, that's not the tweet. Um, at W.D. Wiley, at W.D. Wiley, uh, I can't read out his handle. <laughs> he, uh... He said, right here, and he's basically showing a cartoon of someone trying to be generous, giving money in their money book, and then the person stealing their money book. Um, And I think that's a fair thought. I, I think when you break down most of this issue, although what I've officially heard is that uh, people, uh, they're going to pay for it so far. <laughs> by uh, taxing the rich and businesses, I guess, um, so to speak, whether that's true or not, in the end, it costs everyone 
a little bit, right? Because that's the deal with economics is you get nothing for free. Somebody always pays. There's always in the circle, you know, goods created, work put in, pay. You know, maybe it won't be your cash, but maybe it'll be your time. Maybe it'll be what you pay for other goods. Uh, but in the end of the day, it's a big it's a big bailout, um, right? And I would say, generally speaking, most of it does go down party lines on how people feel about it. Um, and I would say most Americans are going to say, yeah, it's going to hurt me in the pocketbook. For me, I'm being honest. It hurts me in the heart because I just I don't see how if we'll call it 120 years of people paying that off all of a sudden um we don't have that for everybody or it's lessened you know how that benefits all of society um because certainly if you did pay it off at some level you have a right to feel like till it's proven how it's all paid off that you're now paid for yourself and you've paid for somebody else um nonetheless i also worry about just like I said, the consternation in the the workplace, as well as maybe the uh, false narrative that the government's always there for you and, and can help you. When the real world of job placement and competitive marketplace doesn't really doesn't really give out free stuff, doesn't really have hand me outs. Uh, you just got to go out there and earn it. And if you don't do your job, you get fired. So, um OG Steven on the text line, uh, if you're going to give free money for those and have elite type paying jobs because they got a degree, those of us that have served our country have worked, done things the right way, we deserve a free handout too. Um, well, I mean, but that's a perspective. I can't disagree that you can have your perspective. I would say that most of us that have served the country uh, very much understand earn not given. Because <laughs> our whole training was set up that way from the very basic boot camps to almost every uh, qualification you got. There was a standard. You had to achieve the standard or you were washed out um, all the way up to the ranks and the people you, um, you know, live, uh, served, excuse me, and led. And so I, I don't know that a free handout would be uh, the sentiment I understand, but I don't think most of us that are veterans really enjoy free handouts if anything we'd, we'd rather the government stay out of our lives <laughs> you know what i mean like it's kind of like hey i did my time not only for the government but the people of america now i just want to go be a free american um so dakota's got a good one uh, <laughs> no such thing as a free lunch unless you don't care about the deficit well that's true and, and i gotta be honest dakota i don't know who honestly cares about the deficit anymore I really don't, Republican or Democrat. I don't know when it changed. Was it this war? I don't know. Was it the bailout in 2008? But sometime in my military career, the deficit just became like, whatever. Like, no, just like, I, seriously, who really seriously cares about? I mean, I do, because I understand its impacts long term, but it doesn't seem like anybody that represents. Uh, represents us, right? <laughs> oh boy, yeah, you're right, OJ Steven. Uh, OG Steven, he's a great longtime listener and texter. Yes, 
you, you're right. Text line gets me sometimes. Your comments, tongue in cheek. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Uh, I didn't catch that uh, without a doubt. Let's go to Johnny real quick. Johnny, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I was just kind of stuck on this thing where you're talking about earning earning this stuff, right? You know, I, I, I look at some people, you know, who, you know, they're in college. Like, say, you know, there's some med students in college. Okay. You know, a lot of times their parents pay for their college education. I don't necessarily think that they're earning it, but their parents earned it, okay? Well, aren't and, they earning it by passing the classes and getting a med degree? Well, isn't that what I, you know, see, that's the thing. I was getting at that, you know, uh, poor people, you know, they necessarily, they, they may not be able to earn to pay for but they can, they can, they can earn that degree. I mean, like they can earn, they learn it, they study it, they take the test, they pass it. I consider that earning. And I just think that, you know, people who don't want to invest in education, you know, people who don't want to see these college kids, you know, get bailed out a little bit like unlike you know i mean like you have all these corporations that got bailed out these banks yeah but johnny like okay let's take lincoln like 60 or 70 percent of your tax dollars goes to education for k through 12 okay you're paid there let's say you've paid off a hundred thousand dollars in loans for you and your wife to get your degrees and your working citizens why should you pay for johnny's education now it, it is an investment in- investment in what it, it's an investment. It's you know you don't know what this person could. No, but what's an investment in? Tell me. It's an investment in your community. You have an educated. My community. It's an investment in. How do you how do you know the federal government's going to give my money to somebody in my community? I mean, they're going to college in your community. They well, that I mean. That's what's happening. See, when you go to, I mean, if someone goes to college, you know. So you're saying that the, 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 it's going to be, you've said this before, it's an investment. But an investment in what? There's college people getting degrees that don't lead to jobs. So how's that an investment? It's, it's an investment. There's education involved there. And yet most, most college degrees do lead to jobs. I, I, I can't think of any that don't. Um, but where, what I'm going at here is, uh, you know, you got somebody who goes to college for, say, a business degree. Uh, you know, they're in debt. You know, they can't necessarily go out and start their own business. But if they were out of debt, you know, maybe they could hire a couple of employees, create jobs for the community. Well, why don't they just um, join a business and work and you know, pay off their debt? And then after five or six years, have some you know, capital and start their own business. They are working. They are working. But it's it's really difficult to pay off this debt. I mean, you know, there's interest in, uh, you know, there's uh, check out Bernie Sanders uh, YouTube channel. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff in there. You were talking about nurses the other day. They, they they interviewed a couple nurses, so I think it might be worth checking out. Well, we don't have enough nurses. Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate the call. Um, yeah, we know we don't have enough nurses, not only around the nation, probably the world. We definitely don't have enough right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, so there's a job that has super high demand, low density. Folks, that's capitalism. You want a great job? You want to get skill trained? Go be a nurse. High demand, low density. Get in there. Fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. All right, we're back on uh, <laughs> Tweet Tuesday. Uh, yep, late edition. We've got Biden speaking on gun violence. We'll get to that tweet uh, once we come back. Fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. Drive time, Lincoln, with the commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln. Fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. All right, we're back. It is Jack Riggins. I am the host, Johnny Cadillacs, producing the show. I am a former real commander in the United States Navy, so I can have that title. 
Um, you know, folks, that title came about because, as you know, there is another Jack on KLIN in the morning show. And one of the things that chaps my hide <laughs> is that by far I'm the most, well, I'm not going to say most, but I, I seem to be more controversial than Jack Mitchell, who does a great job with LNK today. And it pains, it seriously pains me that some of you take out your ideas, thoughts, and frustrations about me because you don't take the time to understand there's two Jacks at KLIN. There's Morning Jack, LNK Today, Jack Mitchell. He's very active along with iCaleb on Twitter. And then there's me, Riggins underscore Jack on Twitter. Commander Jack, Drive Time Lincoln, that's me. Because I love to have the interaction back and forth. I love it. Whether it's text, whether it's Twitter, whether it's face-to-face. Face-to-face is always the best. Um, And it just sucks. Like, how can you have such a strong opinion about things and you can't take the two minutes to know who the Jack is that you're sending the argument to? Or the criticism, for that matter. Anyway, better news. Doug Fitzgerald, happy birthday, my man. Happy birthday. You don't look a day over 25. You have a voice uh, for both movies, TV, and radio. And I appreciate all you do on Drive Time Lincoln, without a doubt. We appreciate it. We, Johnny, I wanted to, I I knew the mic was open, so I wanted to make sure you got on and said, no, we both do. We enjoy working with you. I think the whole KLI t- and team loves working with you. Uh, so happy birthday. Enjoy it, my man. Uh, one of the stories Doug did uh, last week was with Amy Holman with the Nebraska Pharmacists Association. And he was uh, preempting the fact that it is Drug Overdose Awareness Week. And I think that's something we can all pay attention to. Um, they are actually, um, the Nebraska Pharmacists Association will be uh, bringing an award-winning documentary to Lincoln called Tipping the Pain Scale. It shows different views of overdose and drug crisis in America. The documentary will be held at Marcus Grand Cinema in downtown Lincoln at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, which is International Overdose Awareness Day. Um, you can go to KLIN.com and the story by Tom Stanton and, and order tickets, or you can go to their Stop Overdose Nebraska Facebook page. Amy Holman, thanks for all you do. Thanks for coming on with Doug, educating everybody about this week. Hey, listen, opioids is a huge problem. It's a huge problem in the military. Um, have my own battles with it. And uh, obviously, when you talk about things like fentanyl, I think we all know um, it's just terrible, terrible drug, and we haven't been getting better if you will, on our war on drugs, um, let alone intake. And don't ever be so naive to know or to think that it's not here. It is here, I would bet you, given our demographic, our above-middle-class kind of society city in Lincoln, Nebraska, that it is here more than you think. So always be careful with your kids. Always... um, you know, know what they're doing as um, drug dealers and people are finding more and more creative ways to get these in the hands of young people, um, as well as, you know, if you don't know, opioids over the counter are highly addictive themselves. So be careful with the pain pills. Um, it's not fun to get off of. Take it from a guy that has experience with it, uh, without a doubt. All right. Um, okay. We talked about these Nebraska Democratic Party applications for mail-in balloting, a trifold that went out, 
you know, to just kind of any house, not a name on the house, just any house. And um, the fact it comes from the Democratic Party and then it's supposed to be mailed back to the Democratic Party. There's really no other options in the packet. Um, And is that legal? Is that not legal? I don't know. Doesn't seem legal to me. Seems really weird, to be honest. But definitely have to ask um, Dave Shively, the election commissioner, about that. Because that would seem like where we really go. Um. That it needs to go to the election commissioner, right? Not to a political party. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Snoop's on the text line saying the same thing. I appreciate that, Snoop. I'm I'm reading. And yeah, thanks for sending in the picture. It's another one. I mean, I've got it in my hand, too. Um, and so it's just weird. I, I don't know. But God, given everything with election integrity and everybody's feelings about it, wouldn't you think... Both parties, as well as election commissioners, secretary of states, were doing everything by the book right now? I mean, this is one of the most fractured issues across America. And I'm not judging. I'm not saying yay or nay. Or, I'm just saying, like, it is a huge hot-button issue. I'm going to tell you right now, it, it's more passionate as a divisive issue than abortion is right now. When you walk the streets, when you talk to people out there, about what, what's really frustrating them, it's election integrity. Abortion's been there forever, right? I mean, people have kind of their stance on it, and even though we have the Supreme Court, like, that, that is not as hot-button issue as election integrity. So if I was in that lane, I would be doing it five-by-five, five, all buttoned up, no ability for anybody to take shots at my organization. So, hey, anyway, we're on it. Uh, Snoop, I really appreciate it. And sending it in uh, as well. Uh, we'll get it to the election commissioner and see what he has to say. Maybe we can get him on the show as well and talk about whether it's legal, not legal, or some loophole nobody knows about. But it does seem weird. All right, let's go to the Republican Party. Okay, as you know, I volunteered for about four weeks because of this changeover. And I certainly haven't hit it um, with regard to uh, some thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> but th- this has caused friction and I think Republicans in the state felt friction in the primary and certainly at the state convention, um, no doubt about it. And what's interesting is the Nebraska examiner has, uh, Chris Chapelier writing and his title is turmoil in Nebraska Republican party is self-inflicted. Okay. Chris is not happy with the new party leadership. That doesn't surprise me. There's going to be people that aren't happy with that. Just like there weren't people happy with the current party leadership about eh, two months ago. So these things go on. But the wording is what caught me in his kind of article or commentary. Now, full disclosure... Uh, Chris is a former chairman of the Nebraska Federation of Young Republicans and is president of Long Pine Creek LLC. Um, so, uh, Chris clearly has been involved in politics for a while. You know, young Republicans, a lot of young people on both sides are involved in campaigns. They kind of cut their teeth there, if you will, um, work their way up in the political circles. Not saying he did, but I mean, I would have to guess that, you know, that's kind of a group like that. And his mother, because it's Nebraska, it's a small state, uh, his mother works for Governor Ricketts, right? She's a senior policy advisor. So 
you know, he's been around politics. That's that's my point. You know, is Governor Ricketts involved in this? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, how it all went down. It wouldn't surprise me if Governor Ricketts doesn't support financially the current party right now. Given how it all went down, that would be the logical conclusion. Uh, he'll support candidates. He's a Republican. He's the most visual kind of person to go out and help get candidates elected. But the wording in this article shocked me. Why? Because words matter. He said, and I quote, the group that overthrew party leadership at last month's um, doesn't appear interested in electing Republicans. Well, number one, fact. Nobody overthrew party leadership. There was a vote of the people per the Constitution of the Republican Party, and they were voted in per the rules of the party. That is called democracy. So let's scratch that. The party wasn't overthrown. It's just the leadership you wanted in the party isn't in the party anymore, I guess. So that's kind of like saying insurrection when I don't think a guy with a Viking hat running around in the Capitol is an insurrection. An insurrection is like people in the hundreds of thousands arming up and overthrowing a government and then taking control of the government and the people in said country. That's an insurrection um, and a coup. <laughs> so words do matter. But, you know, he's leaning a little bit towards that type of language. Okay. The other part about electing Republicans, well, I haven't heard anything from any Republicans, myself included, over the whole last year, let alone through this, saying that they didn't want to elect Republicans, including primary winners. So I don't know where he gets that. Um, he is a state central committee member, so he was in a meeting I wasn't, and and um, he's got some great writing about that. Good background. I like that. But he goes on to say, I support my party's nominees, but I cannot support the leadership of Eric Underwood or any party official who continues to support or prop up his regime. Okay, he will be the ruin of the party, not just in November, but for potentially for years to come. This is why I call on any GOP chairman, Eric Underwood, to resign. Okay. Remember about five or six weeks ago? Oh, no, heck, longer than that. Right after the gubernatorial primary, we had a unity party. The Republicans, all the press came. They did this big unity thing. Unity, unity, unity. Um, that doesn't sound like a very unity thing. I went and helped the NEGOP, not necessarily great, but because they didn't have any people. Oh, well, let's talk about that for a second, Mr. Chapelier, because you failed to explain in your article um, the fact that after the people voted, didn't overthrow, voted for new chairman, nine People resigned. Nine people resigned. I think Lydia Brash, Darlene Starman, David Lopez, John Orr, Taylor Gage, Nancy McCabe, Tim Halls, and maybe some others. Okay? So, I don't think that Eric Underwood believed he wasn't going to have a party there on Monday <laughs> when he took over as chairman by a vote of the people. I don't believe any Republican believed 
after all the unity speeches and all the political people, maybe someone like yourself, who's a former chairman of the Nebraska Federation of Young Republicans, would just abandon ship and run. I don't believe that Chairman Underwood thought there'd be a break-in in the NEGOP headquarters after he took over his chair. And that there'd be no workers there who did normal business operations for the NEGOP. So I would say that that doesn't show me unity in a party who was talking about unity and a democratic vote of its constituents, of its people, said, hey, we want Eric Underwood to lead the party, um, shows anything other than, well, we don't like certain people, but there's certain people that we want to, and if we don't get that, we just leave and go home. And then you're coming out and writing some of this, too. wasn't an overthrow. You're creating divisive words by saying that. And you say you're going to support the nominees, but not the party. Well, where'd your unity go? Did you try to come down and help? What about all these people that resigned with probably 100 years of experience in the NEGOP? Why weren't they there helping? Why? I mean, was it one of those things, as long as they're there, everything's great, but if their little system isn't in play and the people vote somebody in, they all take their toys and go home? Like, literally take their toys from the building and go home? So, I don't mind your article, but it's a real big hit piece. And the fact that you're politically connected all the way up makes me wonder what the intent behind the article in the Nebraska Examiner was. So, I do agree with you on this. This type of stuff does make turmoil in the party. And I know that... um, The party leadership does want to elect Republicans. I've heard them many times say on this show, kind of 80% Ronald Reagan, you know, definition of a Republican, you know, 80% of the values. Um, So I don't know what's going on here other than it just seems like the Republican Party is boxing itself. (laughs) And... uh, and so you make the news, at least on my show today. Um, that'll be interesting. But, folks, those are the facts. I mean, he's got words in here that um, aren't true. Overthrow. How about vote of the people? Um, he's got sentiment in here that's not about unity. He doesn't explain that the, tar- the party was gutted. So put it this way. I always equate it to this. If Eric Underwood took over this radio station on a Saturday and had to produce 20 shows on Monday, it would be as if he walked in here and every employee in KLIN, as well as the equipment, was taken from the building. That's a fact. There were no workers there with experience. Everybody left. They resigned. Nobody knows why. I can guess why. Because it's like children. They go home because, wah, wah. I only want to be part of it if it's, you know, me being part of it. And it's good for me. I guess you don't really like democracy then. So maybe what the people voted you out for, they had some 
they had some reasons. Maybe those were the type reasons that when the going got tough, uh, you just walked away. Maybe people are sick of that. I don't know. But I find your article, like a lot of things lately, very targeting and certainly not unifying and will agree with you on turmoil. But uh, I would say maybe take a look at yourself as well in that. Um, I didn't do the best job volunteering down there, but when there were no worker bees down there and I live in Lincoln, I thought, well, I can at least help a little bit. And I did help. And I did some harm, too. No doubt about it. Um, (laughs) I thought people were ready for the truth, and they weren't exactly ready for the truth. And uh, that's part of the problem with politics in America and Nebraska is nobody wants to talk about the truth. If you talk about the truth, then you can fix stuff. Um, All right, Craig on the text line. The only people election integrity is a hot-button issue for is Trump supporters. Um, well, that, that probably, you're probably correct, Craig, in the sense of, um, I think you have to, yes, I'm going to say you're correct. People that are diehard Trump people, that is a big issue. I, I would agree with that. However, I think that you have to slice off a piece that just look at election integrity as a whole, independent of like Donald Trump. And I I think all of us, bipartisan, would say election integrity is very important in our system. And definitely the loudest people are Trump supporters. Um, And so whether they keep it alive or there's other people that just care about the system, um, it is definitely an issue that people are are paying much, much more attention to. Um, and I don't think it's just all Trump supporters. I think there's a lot of people out there that want to want the system to be good and not uh, able to be uh, gamed, so to speak. And probably will be that way this day going forward. Of course, we've been talking about election integrity ever since Al Gore and Bush in that election. So and and the hanging chats. OK, fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All righty, all righty. I want to uh, want to say thanks to everyone for participating in the show. Johnny, for calling in and uh, a lot of texts. Okay, I love when we solve something on the show real time. Uh, listener Mighty Mary. Mighty Mary is always 100% on information. When it comes to the early ballot applications, it is legal. I didn't know it. Didn't understand where it was, but uh, Mighty Mary says the NEGOP would also do this. They'd record new people uh, signing up and then deliver them to the election commissioner. So, uh, folks, I, this is normal. If you didn't know, this is totally normal. The parties can go ahead and try to, quote unquote, get out the vote by early, um, you know, voting by mail these applications and they can send them out to whoever then they can collect them. And so both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party on the up and up. Mighty Mary, thanks for that. We really appreciate that. So, Snoop, we got our answer. That's great. Um, remember, words matter. Yes, the Republican Party's in turmoil right now. No doubt about it. I mean, you had a robbery down there, and you had all the brain trust walk out. Some of them flipping people the bird. <laughs> really mature. So, yeah, you know, good job. I mean, everybody's going to have to find a way to unity, but you were talking about unity, you know, over the last six months, and when you act like that in a Democratic vote of the people, um, there's going to be some high tension and uh good article chris 
Um, great article, Chapelier on the Nebraska Examiner. It's his perspective, and 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 I thought it was well written. But I disagree with some of the choice of words, and he doesn't present all the facts. Um, if you know all the facts, you'll realize that uh, it's kind of like I said. Well, if I'm not in charge, then I don't want to play. <laughs> I heard that all the time in the military, right, by uh, little sailors. And uh, quite frankly, I heard it from my three-year-old and my four-year-old years and years and years. And so that's disappointing to me that that type of people would be leading a party and act that way. And so guess what? you got new party leadership, and everybody should uh, try to get on board and get Republicans elected, you know, if you're a Republican. All right, 1,499.3 KLIN.